on the record on news talk very welcome back to On The Record. Kieran Goody here with you until one o'clock. Of course, we were just chatting about the All-Ireland Football Final. Proud dub now in studio. <laughs> At the top. I'm wearing the top and everything. Wearing the top and everything. Do you think they'll do it? Of course they'll do I it. Think we, I think we'll do it. I think, we'll, I think this team is even better than the, the, the magic team of Hefo's army uh, in the 1970s. They're, un, they're unstoppable. And some of those lads, Cluxton and the like, they're there a long, long time, but I think they still have it in them. Yeah, look, we, we look forward to the game. We are talking about actually Dublin and Tyrone to an extent uh, in today's Hidden Histories. Um, a, a look at a Tyrone man, but his life was ultimately shaped by Dublin. Tom Clark, people will know him well. I think it's the Dundalk train station. Is that Clark station? I think it is uh, the train station. Anyway, they're all named after the various leaders of the Rising. He was one of them, uh, but he was involved as well in the dynamite campaign of the 1880s. Not a lot of people will know this. London Bridge, Scotland Yard, Trafalgar Square, Westminster Parliament, the Underground, and more besides, all targeted by young and angry Fenians. Uh, our producer this morning said it like an Irish V for vendetta. <laughs> this is what this sounds like. Um, it led to the first mainstream media use of the word terror and it brought London to a standstill. It's an amazing story. And it's kind of, it's oxymoronic in a way. It's this really unknown story about a really well-known yeah, character. Thomas J. Clark, that name, I mean, everyone knows the name and everyone knows the face, actually, because we see him uh, in our school books and he's very striking looking, Thomas J. Clark. He's always wearing his glasses. He's, he's got that great moustache and he looks like the elder statesman of the 1916 Rising. In reality, he was only 58 years old. Uh, at the time of his execution in May 1916. But he looked an awful lot older. I mean, he was very weathered, I think, uh, by his years of imprisonment. And he's this amazing character. I mean, a lot of the people that are killed in 1916, they're very young men. You know, 1916 is is where they make their mark on history. But Clark is someone that was kind of, he'd made his impact on history before that. And today we're looking at this Tyrone man's involvement in one of the most deeply controversial episodes of modern Irish history, which is the Fenian Dynamite Campaign. A campaign that was literally orchestrated from Irish America, from the Bronx, from Brooklyn, from Staten Island, to bring terror into the heart of London society. And things we hear about happening in recent years are happening in this story today. You know, we're talking about bombs on the London Underground. We're talking about mass hysteria in the press. And we're talking about a a campaign that was driven by the anger of the Irish diaspora in particular. Uh, terrorism, it, like as you said, like it's a word now that we kind of throw around. Yeah, it's bandied around. How do you define it? You know, yeah. the, de- the definition of it is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. And to be honest, in that sense, the Dynamite campaign undeniably is an act of terrorism. It's designed. It's kind of a broad definition, isn't it? it like is. Dresden then is terrorism. Absolutely, yeah. And this is designed basically to bring terror to the streets of British cities. And I suppose by the 1880s, if you're a radical Irish nationalist sitting over there in, in Brooklyn, in New York, you know, you, you have a sense that a general insurrection in Ireland isn't going to win. You know, the idea of going out and having a big uprising like in 1798, that's not going to win. The field of war is changing. And in America, it's these kind of exiled Fenians who are championing the idea of, you know, let's abandon the traditional nationwide rebellion for something else. And the newspaper Irish World says, quote, we're not now advising a general insurrection. On the contrary, we oppose it as untimely and ill-advised, but we believe in action nonetheless. So what does that mean? And all this was born of the mind of one man. Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa, a great name, Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa. He was known, thanks to the New York Times, as Jeremiah O'Dynamite Rossa. He's this exiled Irish radical in New York. And curiously, it's weird because he's a man who's more synonymous with his funeral than his lifetime. People may remember Patrick Pierce, 1915. 
uh, gave us a very famous graveside oration. You know, he said, the fools, the fools, the fools. They've left us our Fenian dead. But this man, O'Donovan Rossa, is in America and he's the one that's really arguing for this bombing campaign. And he sets up what's called a skirmishing front, which is mad to me. I mean, he puts <laughs> advertisements in Irish-American newspapers asking people for money, essentially, so he can plant bombs in British cities. I mean, this is like a sort of GoFundMe bombing campaign you know they ask the Irish American diaspora give us money and and they start publishing the returns and the names of subscribers you know the kind of stuff that would get you a, a knock on the door from an FBI agent today one guy Michael O'Hearn of Washington he sends $20 to O'Donovan Ross's skirmishing fund and he asks in a letter quote what quantity of dynamite would be sufficient <laughs> to blow up the English garrison at Formoy and how much would it cost <laughs> I am yours until death so this is a crowdsourced terrorist campaign amazing it's, it's absolutely incredible and, and even the, the idea of dynamite like when you hear it it kind of sounds quaint now it wasn't yeah, then yeah and we picture those cartoon characters being blown to pieces by dynamite but yeah. you know in the eyes of radicals it was the great breakthrough they'd waited for and it didn't really matter what kind of radical you are I mean Italian anarchists like to throw the stuff as well uh, Russian radicals Irish Fenians they were all into it and they believed that you know you held in your hand that which could destroy all armies and ultimately bring fear to the public. So a dynamite stick or two, it's easily hid, you know, and its effect is very powerful. And it's a new phenomenon. You know, it's the latest weapon of terror invented by Alfred Nobel. Believe it or not, the man after whom the Nobel Peace Prize is named yes. invents dynamite in the 1860s. So, you know, it's the latest in the field of warfare. And I suppose... What what made this, I suppose, an easy campaign in a way was how easily the Irish could move about Absolutely. London. Absolutely. And this is really chilling stuff. But the Irish World newspaper says that Fenians can enter London, quote, unknown and unnoticed. And when the night for action came, they would strike with lightning, the enemy of their land and race. In two hours from the word of command, London would be in flames, shooting up to the heavens in 50 different places. And, and the Fenians actually scope out London because they're white. Yeah, you know, they're 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 Irish radicals, but they they blend into British society. They can pretend to be whatever they want. So you have these leading Fenians kind of travelling to Britain from America just to scope out the place. Uh, and the late Dr. Shane Kenna, a friend of mine, wrote a lovely book about the the dynamite campaign. He found literally accounts from Fenians of going to London and just having a look at the place. And one of them <laughs> looked at London Bridge, and he wrote, "That will make a great crash when it comes <laughs> falling down." Uh, they plan to attack Scotland Yard. Now, that's the headquarters of British state intelligence. So it would make an absolute mockery out of the British authorities. And they did bomb Scotland Yard. And when you watch Sky News these days and you see a policeman standing outside New Scotland Yard, yes. you're standing outside New Scotland Yard because old Scotland Yard is bombed by the Fenians. One of them, this guy, Dr. Gallagher, he actually goes to Westminster. I mean, you need, you need a, a, a neck like the underside of a jockey to do this. He goes to Westminster. He does the tour of the House of Commons. He sits in the gallery and he presents himself as an American tourist. And not only does he do this once, he does this twice. And they've got one guy, James Murphy, who opens a painting shop in Birmingham. He's no interest in painting and decorating. He doesn't give a damn about it. But it's a front, basically, to allow the purchase of materials that are necessary for producing explosives. So this is just incredible stuff. You have, you know, Fenians pretending to be tourists, learning the ins and outs of London so that they can attack it. And then when they do start attacking, the bombs come thick and fast. They do, they do. It begins in 1881 in Salford, beside Manchester, with a British military base. And it continues right throughout the year and amazingly it actually goes on for four years so like this is a four year campaign and some of the notable bombs just to go through them the Times newspaper office 15th of March 1883 two bombs on the London underground October 1883 one at Paddington station is disastrous I mean it injures 70 people Westminster Bridge station bombed the Carlton Club I mean that was essentially the gentleman's club if you were a member of the Conservative Party that's where the MPs drank bombed Westminster Parliament literally the chamber of the House of Commons bombed 
there's an attempt then to blow up Westminster or say London Bridge and this is mad I mean you have these Irish American Fenians one of them's born in Illinois sailing towards London Bridge with dynamite to blow it up it goes up prematurely on their boat killing the three of them instantly so Londoners are living in it's not unlike more recent times you know Londoners are living in total fear but that was the aim yeah, the London Underground, Padding the Station, Carlton Club, Westminster Bridge, London Bridge. Imagine that it was happening now. Imagine mm. what Katie Hopkins would be saying about us. Yeah, about yeah it's incredible. I mean, Dynamite is like the same text of the day, you know, and the Provisional IRA in the 70s and 80s, I mean, they struck in Britain on a frequent basis, but this is unprecedented. Yeah. There's never been. The IRA had a bombing campaign of Britain in the 1930s called the S Plan, but that didn't touch this either. Just the sheer scale of what the Fenians are doing in, in London is astonishing. Tell us about Clark then and how he got involved. Clark is an unlikely radical. I mean, he's synonymous as a Tyrone man. And actually, they're laying a wreath from today, Tyrone and Dublin fans uh, near the GPO. But he's born in the Isle of Wight, the son of a British Army sergeant. So he's an unlikely kind of radical. But it's in America that he's driven towards radical politics as a young man. And he adopts this great pseudonym, Henry Harold Wilson. I mean, that's as un-Irish a name as one could hope to, to invent. And he's sent to Britain and his mission is London Bridge. They're kind of obsessed with London Bridge. You know, it becomes the, the main symbolic target for whatever reason I think it would be a great spectacle I think that's how they see it you know if London Bridge literally collapses into the Thames so he's quickly arrested in Britain uh, dragged before the Old Bailey and he later remembers that we were driven away at a furious pace through the howling mobs that thronged the streets London was panic stricken he does 15 years in some of the harshest prisons in Britain penal servitude is, is awful and he's in his 20s his early 20s uh, at the time. So this always reminds me of Brendan Behan because Behan as a young man later on is arrested as a young IRA volunteer in Britain mm. sent to blow up the, the Liverpool docks that was equally hopeless and futile stuff. But you know, Clark's a young man in his 20s when he arrives in Britain with a bag full of dynamite or a fistful of dynamite as Hollywood might say. You mentioned in, in the States this bizarre situation and Jeremiah O'Dynamite Ross. Oh, what was the reaction the, in London the though? The British public, I mean the likes of the Spectator, the Daily Mail, they're just absolutely furious that the Americans seem to be allowing people to organise a bombing campaign of London from Brooklyn. And what really annoys them, they learned that there's actually a dynamite training school in Brooklyn. And uh, I don't know if you get an MA or a PhD or whatever you graduate from, from it with, but it's literally, quote, a school for training in the arts of scientific warfare. And the Fenians have basically taken over neighbourhoods like Williamsburg and Bushwick. Those places are now totally synonymous with gentrification. And that's like the, that's the heart of hipster New York. But when the Fenians were there, it was the heart of sedition. And people are literally in Williamsburg in Brooklyn learning how to plant It's probably a, a dynamite burger bar or something there. You pay $20 for, a, for like a burger, you oh, know. Open a hipster Made burger Irish bar beef. teamed around Jeremiah O'Donovan Ross. That's a, great, that's a great idea. And I mean, to make things even more ridiculous, there's advertisements in New York newspapers for public, like while bombs are going off in London, Fenians are hosting these lectures. Uh, here's one. Scientific warfare or the quickest way to liberate Ireland held before a packed crowd in Columbia Hall, Brooklyn. And their songs, I mean, they're joking about it. To right the wrongs were banded, the rebels we are ba- branded will face them single-handed with a charge of dynamite. So if you're sitting at the desk of the Times newspaper in London and your office has literally been bombed in this Fenian dynamite campaign, you see this as something that's very much being driven and directed by Irish America. And our Henry Harold Wilson got out of prison he, and he went back to the he States. He went back to America. I think he had to. I think he was such a detested figure for the British authorities. There was, there was no way he could settle there or here. But he made a new life for himself in Brooklyn. Again, Brooklyn uh, from 1898, eventually coming back to Ireland nine years later. And, you know, when the 1916 Rising happens, Clark is the first man that signs the proclamation. I think for Pierce and Connolly and them, he's regarded as a living link to the Fenian past because of his involvement in the Dynamite campaign. But I think the Clark, what it was all about, it was almost quasi-religious. It was the continuation of a tradition. 
And when they made that mad dash from the GPO at the end of the rising and down Moore Street and smashed their way through one house after the other, he actually writes on one of the walls, you know, we had to evacuate the GPO. The boys put up a grand fight and that fight will save the soul of Ireland. So as far as Clark was concerned, there was an obligation on every generation to pass on this tradition. 1798, 1803, 1848, 1867, on and on and on it would go. But whatever about those rebellions, I don't think the Fenian Dynamite campaign is one of the more noble episodes. All right, look, on that note, Donald Fallon, thank you very much. And as Donald mentioned, a wreath being laid uh, today, probably right about now, uh, by Tur- Dublin and Tyrone fans before the GPO in memory of Tom Clark. Uh, Donald Fallon of the Come Here To Me blog, book volume two, which is out now. That's all we have time for and on the record for this week. Off the Ball, as always, is up next. My thanks to the production team, Stephen Jordan and Roisin Davis. Peter Malloy was on sound. We were chatting uh, about Electric Picnic earlier, what went down well, what didn't. Ash, of course, got mentioned, had a great set the other night and any excuse to play a bit of this. On the record. On the record. On News Talk.